Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. On this week's episode, we will be joined by the man hosting the landmark 300th episode of Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, which debuts Tuesday, April 19th at 10 p.m. and is available on HBO and to stream on HBO Max, the man that has hosted the show since its inception 28 years ago. The broadcasting legend, Bryant Gumbel, stops by for a rare interview. He doesn't do many of them. It was an honor to be joined by him today. And as we get ready now for the NFL draft one week away, there is one issue and one question that hangs over this draft that may be a little bit more significant than I think people realize. With all the landmark wide receiver deals given out this offseason, to Devontae Adams in Las Vegas, to Tyreek Hill in Miami, to Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. There is a whole new crop of wide receivers drafted in the second or third round that were on four-year deals that have one year remaining on them that are now in a situation where they've seen the prices of wide receivers explode and go crazy. And it leaves their teams in an interesting spot with the draft one week away. We've got unsettled situations surrounding Tennessee wide receiver A.J. Brown, Washington wide receiver Terry McLaurin, San Francisco wide receiver Debo Samuel, and potentially Seattle wide receiver D.K. Metcalf. Every one of those players has one year left on his contract. Every one of those players would like a new deal that dramatically jumps his salary from the low number that they're expected to be paid this year comparative to other wide receivers. And each of their teams is going to have to make a decision here in the coming days and weeks about whether they want to pay these particular wide receivers or whether they're willing to move these wide receivers. And this is a draft that is deep at wide receiver, which is why these issues ideally would be resolved leading up to or during the draft. Because if any one of these teams, as much as they say they don't want to move their wide receivers, is willing to trade that particular player, they're going to want to replace that player in this draft or try to replace that player. We're talking about four young standout wide receivers whose futures have to be addressed one way or another. And in a draft that's lacking some juice, lacking some quarterbacks, lacking some storylines, the odd one that stands out is the future of these wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, and D.K. Metcalf. We've seen other teams make runs at wide receivers, We've seen the Raiders fill their hole, the Dolphins fill their hole, the Bills solidify their hole, but there are still a whole group of wide receivers out there and teams that could use upgrades at the position. And now we'll see whether their teams decide to do anything, whether one of these players forces the issue, whether another team makes a move with all the draft currency that's in place for the draft one week from Thursday night in Las Vegas. All right, as for this week's episode, We had the chance to be joined by a broadcasting legend, a man who worked 
on a pregame show back in 1975 who transitioned to NBC News, who's been in the business as he will describe to us for 50 years. That's the type of legendary run he's had in the business and the type of legendary run he's had on Real Sports, which now will have its landmark 300th episode airing Tuesday night, April 19th at 10 p.m. on HBO and it'll be streaming on HBO Max as well. The broadcasting legend himself, my friend, Brian Gumbel. Shafty! Brian Gumbel! What up, buddy? How you doing, my friend? It is nice to see you. God, long time no see. I watch you all the time, of course. You look great. I watch you. We watch you every week. <laughs> Listen, for my wife to watch a sports show, it takes a lot, and we love watching your show. Oh, God. I see. I saw you made it to University of Michigan. I get word of you all the time. Yeah. John Franklin and I will both be there next week for graduation. How wonderful is that? In fact, it's going to come out later today. This will be the first time in 32 years that I don't do the NFL draft, Brian. You know what? Freedom at last. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God almighty you're free at last. But, but more than that, we have a significant milestone for you. Uh-oh. 300 episodes. Oh. <laughs> 300 episodes of Real Sports. Yeah. That's incredible. This week, Tuesday night, the 300th episode. Would you ever have thought 300 shows over 28 years with 33 sports Emmys? I'm a I'm a lucky guy, Shefty. I mean, I really am. Um, there's there's been a certain symmetry to a, to a lot of things I've done. Um, it'll be 50 years in the business this September. 15 wow. years today. 25 years at NBC, and now 300 shows at HBO. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fortunate guy. I really 50 am. 50 years in the business. 50 years this September. Can I tell you this? You look great. <laughs> How do you do that? Um, I, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. I mean, I, you know, like everybody else, I kind of, kind of watch what I do and try not to destroy my body and, and work out every day and try to eat halfway decent. I have a lot of bad habits, but, but thankfully I'm, you know, I don't, I don't have anything that's, that's nagging at me terribly. So, you know, uh, life is good. Life is good. Pal. What is the Bryant Gumble workout regimen? And what is the one thing you do eat that you shouldn't be eating or the one cheat you have there? Uh, I love chicken wings. I really do. Um, it's, it's maybe the only, um, fried, uh, food that I eat from time to time. Um, love chicken wings. My regimen is, is really not nearly what it used to be. There was a time in my life I became a, a crazy man. I'd work out for two hours before I worked out with my trainer, you know, um, but I don't do that anymore. Um, I don't, I don't lift like I used to nowadays. I, I try to, I get in at least 45 minutes um, of cardio every day, um, most generally an hour. And I'll try to do a, a lot of lunges and squats and, you know, maybe a few curls. And that's about it. You oh, you look like you never age on air. Well, I'm, I'm age. Believe me, I, I'm age. Like all of us, I'm, I've, 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 I've beat this body up in a lot of ways. And, and it's, it, it has a lot of creaks and, and, and cracks in it, but, but I'm still standing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So when we look back over 33 years of real sports, what stands out to you, Brian? I, I think, you know what, Adam, I, 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 it's, it's like for, for, for you as well. I mean, I think, I think when you look back over everything you do, what you hope for is some degree of consistency and growth, really. Um, I, I, think, I think you'd like to believe that, that every time you, you do something, you are, you are doing it at, at your optimum level, you are doing it in a professional fashion, and, and you, are trying to, you are trying to learn something and, and translate what you learn to your audience. And it's really that simple. Um, and and you, you try to have a degree of consistency in that when people uh, tune into you, when people listen to you, when people watch what you say, they know what to expect and, and, and you're going to give it your best. And, and I, I, I think that's important. That's important for me now. When you started the show, would you ever have thought that it would last for 28 years? No, no, not really. We, we, you know what, when we first started, we did it as, as kind of, I don't want to say an experiment, but it was only, it was a one-off and then we decided to do two a year. I mean, it was, it was, it was something we didn't know if the public would have an appetite for, we didn't know if we could, if we could do it at a high level. Um, but, but what we wanted to do was, was long form sports journalism and, and tell good stories um, that, that originated that intersection of sports and culture. And, and that's, that's essentially what we do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fond of saying when people say, oh, you do a sports show. I say, well, our show is about sports like the movie Rocky was about boxing, you know? Um, Rocky was about personal aspirations. Rocky was about class. Rocky was about society. Rocky, Rocky was about hope. Rocky was about dreams. Rocky right. was about desperation. Um, Rocky wasn't about boxing. You know, we're, we're not interested in that the final score was 17 to 10. We, we don't care that it was three to two. We care about, about the things that sports teaches us or, or the things that we should take from sports or how we can learn from it or how sports spotlights a particular societal or gender or racial problem. That's, that's really what we try to do. You know how many times I put on real sports and I'll be like, oh, that's something that I don't know that I'm going to be that interested in a family in Vermont that skis. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden you watch and you're like, that was fascinating. Yeah. I loved yeah. watching it. And that's all the time. 
Yeah, because you're a curious person, um, and 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 you know, and 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 that's what has served you well, and that's what serves all of us well is is you try to you try to learn something you didn't know. You know, when I used to be at the Today program, people used to say, well, you know, well, what's the job of the Today Show? And I always say that the job of every television sh show should be to to help the viewer um, learn, see, hear about something they didn't know. Or right. didn't fully understand. That's otherwise why. Otherwise, why bother? I mean, you you try to you try to learn something, and by learning, you are you are entertained. I hope. And there have been so many unbelievable stories that Real Sports has shared over twenty eight years. Of all the ones that you've shared, is there a story or a couple of stories that you could think of that have impacted you more than the others? You know, it, it's a little bit like picking between your kids. But 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 that's but that said. Um, I, I can I, I think I, I always think of those stories that 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 changed our world. Um, for example, um, camel jockeys. You know, they were using kids um, as camel jockeys in the Mideast. And, and after our report rained down um, hell on them, um, that no longer is the case now. Now there aren't kids brought into slavery and getting crippled and getting killed as camel jockeys. And it's now robots. Um, I think of, of Marcus Dixon, who's now a defensive line coach oh, for the Denver yeah. Broncos. Um, he's a young man who, who would be rotting in jail. Um, and instead, um, we found out about it. We did it. We created an outcry and, and things happen. Things like that, um, I, I tend to think of um, as, as the ones stand out in my mind. Not that they were the best pieces, but that, that, that they had an impact that was bigger than us. And, and, and that's really kind of what you hope for. How much longer do you want to keep doing it? You still feel as juiced up by it? Um, some days, you know, some days, I mean, I, I, I again, I, I'm guessing some days you wake up and it's like, man, my phones are ringing and I dig this. <laughs> and there are other days you look at it and you go, I really don't need this shit. I mean, truly. Um, and, 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 and yeah. so I, I try not to focus on that. Um, yeah. I, I will tell you, I've got, um, a year and a half left on my present contract. Um, when the present contract ends, I'll be 74 years old. And I, I never, um, Shefty, I never, I don't, I don't want this to sound um, uh, braggadocious. I never want to be the guy that used to be Bryant Gumbel. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. You know, I, I, I never want somebody to sit there and go, oh, my God, look at him. He's drooling, for God's sake. You, know, you can't remember. can't remember two plus two. Um, that guy used to be so and so and so and so. I never want to be that. Hmm. I, I, I never do. Um, and so when that point comes, I don't know. I, I like as as they say in sports, I'd rather leave um, a year too early than a day too late. But let's just say you did decide to leave in a year and a half. What would you want to do? on a regular basis that you don't get to do now, what would your life look like without work and real sports in it? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever find out. Um, I, I'm fond of saying life is like closet space, you know, whatever time you got, you fill. That's true. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, it really is. I mean, invariably, I know when you've had a rare day off, you think, wow, I'm going to spend it doing this. And you know what? At the end of the day, you're like, damn, I, I was going nonstop. You know, whatever time you got, if you're a curious person, you, you're going to fill it. You're, you're going to you're going to try to learn something. You're going to try to do something. You're going to try to better yourself. You're going to try to try to 
you know, be a better person, be a better husband, be a better father, be a better friend, whatever. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll find a way to fill it. And those things are as admirable as, as trying to do a good story. And you talk about the milestones and we mentioned this being the 300th episode of real sports. And you mentioned 50 years in the business, 25 at NBC. When you look back at 50 years in the business overall, what stands out to you about that, Brian? Um, that I'm old, <laughs> um, you know, I, it, but you're not I, how much it has changed, really, how much it has changed. I mean, when I when I first started doing television, um, there was no teleprompter. I mean, we didn't we didn't have a teleprompter. The microphones were like this wow. size and they used to wrap it around your neck. And, and, and the visuals was a guy behind you changing things on a screen. I mean, it was. It, it, you know, it was a different world. We could not have envisioned the way we do things. I mean, we used to shoot things on film and then give it to a guy on a motorcycle to get it back in the soup so we could get it on the air. It, you know, um, it, the technology has just changed so much. The, the, the landscape has changed so much. The outlets have changed so much. And everybody now is, is, is more media savvy than they ever were. You know, I, I think back to my childhood and we talk about the evolving way this has grown. You were one of the very first hosts of an NFL game show on NBC, yeah. 1975, right? Pre-game show grandstand. Long, and you know who my, by the way, you know who my first co-host was? Jack Buck. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And I can't tell you how much I learned from Jack Buck. And and you know what? It's funny you, it's funny you say that, Sheffy. I mean, well, you know, he had every reason. He had every reason when I joined him to basically give me the back of his hand. He had accomplished a lot. I was a snot-nosed kid. I didn't know, you know, my butt from a hole in the ground. Um, and and he had every reason to basically just, you know, turn his back on me. And instead, he embraced me. He he taught me lessons that I that I that I that I keep to this day. Wow. Um, like yeah yeah. I mean, like for example, he told me early on. He said, "Kid in this business," he says, "Be mean up and nice down." In other wow. words. You're going to pick fights, punch above your weight, punch above your weight. Don't ever go pick a fight with a guy on tech crew. Don't ever pick a fight with a stagehand, with a makeup artist, with somebody who's trying to help you, somebody who's, who, 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 who really is in a position to fight back without jeopardizing themselves. So, so be, be, be mean. If you're going to be mean, be mean up. If you're going to pick a fight, pick a fight with a guy who's bigger than you. Pick a fight with an executive. Pick a fight with a president. Pick a fight with an exec producer. Pick a fight with somebody who's, 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 who's not, you know, who can fight back. Wow. And nice down. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I should have changed the terminology because up and down um, has meanings that I don't intend it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's sound advice. Yeah, it was sound advice. You know, um, Jack was, Jack was a great guy. He really was. He was terrific. And, and although I only worked with him one year, um, it was, it was a big point in my life. It really was. I mean, I was only at the time, I think I was a 25 year old kid. So you're getting into the business that young at 25 doing a national pregame show. When did you know that you had a gift, a talent, a presence that Almost everyone else did not, because again, I'm not trying to age you. We're not that far apart in age, but I remember growing up and watching you on the NBC pregame show and yeah. being in awe of what you did. I, 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 I was lucky. I was very fortunate. I started when I was 23. 
out in Los Angeles. I, I did my my first broadcast when I was when I was 23 at KNBC in Los Angeles. And 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 you know, I, I'm 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 fortunate. Um, I I I've, um, I come from a family that always prized education. Um, I always say I got a good education. Could have been gooder. Um, but, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I guess it helps that I, I, I don't feel nerves or stress. Um, and so when a, when a camera is on, um, to me, it, it never was, it never was work. It never was, um, oh, you got to worry about what you say, or you have to worry about going, uh, uh, uh. It, it just wasn't um, for me. It was it was always um, something that was was natural and something with which I was comfortable, and and I guess it helped that I was never worried about if they said came to me and said, "Son, you're not good enough. Go do something else with your life." I'd go do something else with my life. There's a lot of things that are possible. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But when did you know that you were having a breakthrough moment that Brian Gumble was going to be the break be the great Brian Gumble fifty years in the business strong? I don't know about great. I'll tell I'll tell you a quick funny story, and I don't mean to elongate this longer than it should. No. I got really really I got really really lucky with a couple of dynamics. Here's what happened: 1973. Okay, the A's and the Dodgers make it to the World Series. And as fate would happen, I'm working in L.A. As you know, Oakland is not very far. It's right up the coast. And the, the network doing the World Series was NBC. So my executive producer said, I want you to go up to the games in Oakland. And when the game is over, use the network cameras to do a quick commentary on what happened. So I did that. And as I'm told later, the suits in the truck at NBC were looking and go, who's the fat kid with the big afro? They're like, huh, I see the kid. He's not awful. Anyway. Fast forward, the following year, the final four, UCLA makes it to the final game. Where is the game? San Diego, right down the road from LA. What is the network? NBC. My producer says, hey, you know what you did in Oakland? I want you to go do that in San Diego because it's John Wooden's last game. So the Monday game ends. I go in front of the camera. I do it again. Suits are looking in again. They go, huh, there's that fat kid with the afro again. He's not that awful. Following year, they start grandstand. Grandstand starts to stumble a little bit. They decide to add somebody. They go, what about the fat kid with the afro? That's how. <laughs> Unbelievable how it happens. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if NBC isn't doing the World Series, isn't doing the Final Four, if the games aren't in Oakland and San Diego, if John Wooden doesn't announce his retirement, if the Dodgers don't make the World Series, I mean, there's a zillion what ifs. I, I'm a fortunate man. And you've 
been in, in incredible places, interviewed incredible people. Is there anybody that you've ever worked with that left a mark on you that impressed you the way that you have impressed others like me? Um, Jack Buck, like I said, Jack, Jack, in part, in part, in part, because he got me so young, you know, um, that, that Jack, you know, I learned a lot from him. I was, I was, I was also lucky in that when I first broke in, you know, who my, um, who my news anchors were that I worked with Tom Brokaw and Tom Snyder. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, so, oh my God. you know what? Yeah. So I, I was very fortunate. I really was. I got a chance to learn from some people who were good at the business and I, and I got a chance to, to see what it was to be a professional. What did you learn from Tom Brokaw? I love watching him. Yeah. Tom and I have known each other forever. Um, was, was his commitment to the business and, and, and his professionalism and, and to never drop down, you know, um, mm. it's sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's proof. It's, it's proved, I don't want to say costly, but you look back with regrets. I mean, I, I always laugh. I mean, like, for example, years ago, um, I, I, I was asked to be to host Saturday Night Live. Um, and I declined. Why did I decline? Because back in those days, you were either a professional or you weren't. You didn't, you didn't go do comedy. Wow. I was, I was at the time the host of the Today program, and I thought that was a position that had a degree of gravitas. And it was a degree of seriousness. And I didn't think that it was something that should be taken lightly. And so I declined. Now, I wish I'd done it. The times have changed. The times have changed. If I got asked about it five years later, I'd have done it. But at the time, I didn't. Life goes on. I wish you had done that. That would have been very cool to do that, Brian. You, you did, however. I'd have probably made an ass of myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did get a cameo in Seinfeld in the puffy shirt episode. I get it. You know, I, I know. I mean, I've been, like I said, I knock on wood. Um, you know, the good Lord's been smiling on me. I've done, a, I've, I've been very fortunate. What do you remember about the Seinfeld episode that you appeared in? Do people ever stop you and say anything about that now? Uh, yeah, all the time. And, and the funny thing is, I was never a Seinfeld viewer. I really wasn't. Um, they came, they said, you know, could you do this? And I said, well, yeah, if we can do it kind of quickly. And they said, yeah, we'll do it after a show one time. And you know what? And here's the thing. And we did it, I think, in, in, in one take to maybe two takes. And that was it. Um, and, and it winds up being the episode that's in the Smithsonian. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like a guy saying, hey, we're giving you a free car. And by the way, it's a Maserati. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> and I, 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 it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. What, what are these other accomplishments that were missing? An episode in the Smithsonian from there, 1975 grants. How about this? How about this one? Ready? The first NFL network broadcasting crew for a Thursday night game. You, Chris Collinsworth, and the sideline reporter, Adam Schefter. And Adam Schefter. I remember very well. I remember very well. How old were you? Well, that would have been, what, 2006, Bryant, roughly? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it might be earlier. Than, I'm going to say it's earlier than that. I, I was 39 years old, 39. Wait, I'm going to say it's earlier than that, Shefty. I'm going to say it's more like about 2002. No, it couldn't have been. No, it couldn't have been because it was after CBS. So it'd have to be, it would have to be after 2002. Was it 2006? 2006, because 2004 was the network's first year on air. And I think 2006 or seven was our first year on air for Thursday night games. I remember having the... Was that in Kansas City? 
Yeah, that was the first. That was the first one. In fact, that was the game in, in which pregame I, I reported that Denver was making a quarterback change, going from Jake Plummer to Jay Cutler, the rookie. And the Broncos owner Pat Bowen showed up in the trucks to ask where I was getting that from and if my information was true. And it was. And it was. <laughs> and you haven't been wrong since. So what else is new? Well, I've been wrong a couple of times, but. But it, but it was very fun to have the Broncos owner show up there and kind of tell him how it was going to go. And I, I always remember we'd be flying around and going to meetings. And I always thought, wow, I get to work with the great Brian Gumbel. You know what I remember? You always had the coolest life. You always dress cool. You look cool. And I remember you saying, like, one week and you were going to have dinner with Maya Angelou. Like, yeah. how does that happen? You know, I, I've, had so many, I've had so many Zelig moments in my life. Remember the movie, Woody Allen movie, Zelig? Yeah. I've had so many Zelig movies in my life. I'll tell you, I'll tell you uh, another one like that. You talk about clothing. You know who was my clothing salesman when I first got to LA? It's the honest to God truth. Tom Selleck. How does that happen? Um, because he had just gotten out of USC. He was working at a, at a place called Phelps Meager in Sherman Oaks. And I was living in Van Nuys and I was a clothing guy and I'd go in there and he was my clothing salesman. Tom Selleck, he'd call me up and say, when stuff was in, you got to come check this out, et cetera, et cetera. My parish priest when I was growing up with Father Andrew Greeley. Oh my. Yeah, my, my little league coach was Bill Veck. I mean, I've had a lot of <laughs> weird things happen in my life. Really, wow. I've had a lot of weird things happen. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Well, what a run it is and what a run it's been. And it continues to go on. The greatness continues. And truly, it's a pleasure and a treat and an honor to watch you. And we have the 300th episode of Real Sports airing Tuesday night. It's streaming on HBO 33 Emmys, an incredible show. We love watching you. And honestly, it's very nice to connect with you like this. And it's been too long. Shefty, it's been too long. Let me say congratulations to you, not only for the career you've carved out since we worked together, which was decades ago, but also <laughs> for being for being really the epitome of your industry. I mean, you are you are the source for well, everything that- NFL, and you do it with class and dignity and intelligence. And congratulations on the graduation upcoming next week. It's a big event. I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, your son's a lucky guy. Well, I'm a lucky guy to be there for him. And I'm a lucky guy to get a draft off that ESPN has been kind enough to give this draft off to me. Thir- first time in 32 years. It's crazy to me. But, hey. Listen, you're admitting, admitting you're boycotting it because no big names in it this one. Well, I will say this. I look at this draft and I say, if there were a draft to miss, this would be the one. This is the one. This, is <laughs> this the would one. be the one. No brand names for this one. And there he is, the only man to ever host Real Sports 300 episodes. What a run. What a show. What a career for the great Bryant Gumble. And he referenced the fact that when the draft gets underway next week in Las Vegas, I will not be there. And it's the first time in 32 years, I've covered every single draft since 1991, that I will not be a part of the draft. And really, I go back to last May. And I remember driving my daughter to school. And as I was coming back, one of my buddies from college, David Simon called me and he said, do you know when the draft is next year? And I said, no, I'm feeling great. The draft just wrapped. We're heading into a nice quiet time of the year. And he said, it's the same day as graduation at the University of Michigan, which my son is graduating from this year, next weekend. And so literally, On the week that I got back, on the first day I was driving my daughter to school, my 
mood of happiness and relief was marred by the fact that I realized one year ago that we had a potential conflict. And I checked in with the University of Michigan a couple of times, and it turns out that back when I had graduation at Michigan, it was one ceremony. Everybody graduated on Saturday morning at the football stadium. But to make it more personal, in recent years, the school had a change of heart and a shift where they would still have the ceremony for everybody Saturday morning at the football stadium. But they added a separate service for students that were graduating in certain areas with certain majors, certain majors. And so I checked at the school a couple of times during the fall, very nervously. My hope all along had been that my son, his private ceremony would be Friday and I would get to do the draft on Thursday night and take the red eye from Las Vegas into Detroit and then go to graduation on Friday and have the draft Thursday, graduation Friday, graduation Saturday, great weekend, hallelujah, awesome. Well, his graduation ceremony in his particular major is Thursday night. Not only is it Thursday night, but it's from 6 to 8 p.m. And so really, the decision was a non-decision. Going to the graduation, missing the draft, family first. That's the way it has to be. And that's what my son deserves. And that's the right thing. And I'm excited to be there for him. It will be very weird not to be covering the draft. And it will be odd if and when certain things are happening, you get a text or a call or another team calling to ask what's going on at a certain spot in the draft. I don't know how I'll handle that, but we knew this was coming a year ago. I was just hoping that his particular ceremony will be on Friday. Alas, it is not. And so next week we will leave all the work that comes along with the draft to the great Chris Mortensen and Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay and Lewis Riddick and everybody else that takes part in the great broadcast for ESPN. And so I guess I'll try to tune into the draft when I can, like everybody else tunes into the draft. It'll be a strange phenomena, a strange situation. But then again, I guess many of the times that we've lived through here the last few years have been a little bit strange and unusual, and this will be another one. We'll be closely watching the great broadcast that ESPN does. It will do a great broadcast again. I just will be watching from Ann Arbor, Michigan, rather than attending the actual draft in Las Vegas. So I want to thank the great Brian Gumbel for some time today, joining us before shooting the Landmark 300th episode of Real Sports. I want to thank my producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, and I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Despite the fact that we won't be going to the draft, we will have a heavy-duty, comprehensive draft preview in this particular podcast space next week at this time please join us then all right before i let you go i want to tell you about the first draft podcast with espn experts mel kuyper jr tom mcshane field yates this pod is keeping tabs on the latest in the nfl draft and is now twice a week every monday and thursday also check out monday show on youtube as well until then have a great week be well and stay safe